0: What is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast part of the pigskin podcast network you can find them at PigskinPodNet on twitter or search the hashtag tppn um, as we will hashtag that as we go live we are back after a long weekend last weekend we are going to start up our divisional or slash team preview series we're going to start off with the AFC West today. We'll be talking about the Chiefs and the Raiders. Before we jump into that, though, gentlemen, how was your weekend?
2: Man, I had a fantastic weekend getting over COVID, did a little work on the gutters, did some 4-H projects with the kids, you know, kind of trying to stay one step ahead of the honey-do list.
3: And it was my turn to get COVID, and so I basically sat on my couch and watched movies
2: so you worked
3: i mean i did review a whole bunch of stuff I, yeah i guess i did some of that i worked on our show sheets
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was gonna say outside the the first part of that sense, i mean it sounds a lot of fun you just you know sat around and watched movies nothing wrong with that uh, nothing wrong with that at all so
3: they weren't all for review like i just i found one day, I just decided I was like, well, I wonder what shitty shark movies I haven't seen. I watched <laughs> Megalodon Rising and something called The Requin, which has Alicia Silverstone. I just like who takes a vacation to Vietnam. I started the movie thinking this is not going to end well.
0: I um, have not heard of either one of those movies. So uh, all they're, I know is that they're, they're, they're not worth finding. Stranger Things Volume 2 this Friday. Are you
3: ready? Have you all caught up?
0: I, I have, and I'm going to be honest with you. I have gone back and forth with myself multiple times about whether or not to text you guys and just say there's something really important that came up Friday afternoon. I will not be able to make the show just so I can come home and watch those final two episodes of the of, uh, the second half of season four because I cannot wait. It is,
3: uh, I have enough Melvin Gordon takes to take up the hour. It's okay.
0: All right, there we go. There we go. So, you guys hear it here first. It'll be Matt and Dennis. Uh, no, I, I don't know when it was. It probably drop like first thing Friday morning, like midnight or whatever. So. <laughs> it's
3: midnight Eastern time. So, for you, it'll probably be 11. 11. P.m. On yeah,
0: well, I mean, I won't be watching at 11. I will be sleeping at that one, hopefully, but. I will. Uh, yeah, I'll wait till I'll wait till after the show. I've got plenty of time before my uh, my wife comes home, and it's just I just don't want anything spoiled for me. So it's gonna go right back to one of those days where I just I can't get on Twitter all day because you know any anybody who's watched Stranger Things, there's always a really big death at, at in one of the final two episodes of every season. So they're setting that up right now as well, and I'm, I have a feeling.
3: It is going to require a four-hour block of time, because the first episode's 85 minutes, and the second one's two and a half hours.
0: Oh, I know. And I'm here for it, my friend. I am here for it. I'm so emotionally invested into these characters now, after like a two and a half week binge of the entire four seasons up until this point. So, I'm not ready. I, you know, I'm not ready for what's about to happen. So, anyways... With the AFC West, uh, before we jump into that, though, we do have some news. uh Some stuff has come out since we last recorded. A uh, big one here, possibly in the retirement of Rob Gronkowski. Though his agent did come out right afterwards and said, "But maybe if Tom Brady calls him mid-season, he might come back." Matt, what are your thoughts on Gronk retiring from the NFL?
3: Yeah, I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um... It's only mildly surprising that he retired cuz Brady actually came back. We'll see if it sticks, but I you know, I think his heart was in being ready to move on. I think he basically came back when when Brady got traded cuz he wanted to win a Super Bowl, which he did. Um I Cameron Brate has filled in admirably a, a lot of times in the past. I think he'll do well and then they have a couple of rookies to develop. I don't think the Buccaneers will miss a beat. Yeah, I I feel like he's He's done.
2: He he doesn't – It his legacy is not going to be enhanced by winning another title. Uh, I think Gronk is ready to move on to the next career. Uh, he reportedly has only lived off his endorsements for his entire career, and he's probably at the point in his endorsement-slash- celebrity career that he's probably never going to have to tap into his uh, football earnings. So he's going to go on and he's going to do some things. Wouldn't surprise me to see him hosting a goofy show, you know, and, you know, just having fun, investing in things he believes in, raising money for charity, and just generally having himself a good old time for the next 50 years. And not taking a beating. He he abused his body pretty good. And from a tight end perspective, his size, speed, athletic profile, he was able to do a lot of things that many tight ends can't. Even smaller ones weren't able to do some of those things. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And, you know, he doesn't need, he doesn't have anything to prove and I don't think he has that. I've got to win one more mentality. And I think the Bucks are going to be fine. You know, they've got um, Brait. They've got K Doten. Um, they'll probably wouldn't surprise me if they brought in a veteran uh, once cuts start happening, just to have some extra depth. But they're in good shape as far as the team goes. You know, their biggest issue I think is whether or not Chris Godwin gets back in a timely fashion.
0: Yeah, I I don't think he's coming back either. We kind of saw that last year. There, it really seemed like he was a little bit hesitant to come back. I still find that story funny. Um, last year, when they needed him, I think it was last year. Last year, maybe the COVID year, when he came back to the Bucks and they, uh, he needed to send them like videos of him sprinting and everything to make sure he was doing conditioning. And all he did was just film himself all, wearing like multiple outfits on the same day, and then just kept sending the different outfits. To the Buccaneers, so it looked like he was doing it every single day, even though he wasn't. Like, he's just a guy who I think is ready for the second part of his career. I mean, there's times that you would think he's been playing the game for 15 20 years, the way that like his body is kind of broken down mm-hmm. on him at times, how, how hard it was for him to get up after hits. It looked like, um, he suffered a lot of injuries, some injuries to his back as well, which we all know is just not. Not necessarily an easy injury to bounce back from. So with you, he's won multiple Super Bowls, easily walking in the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not, I don't think he's got that competitive drive that Brady does, where it's like, I need to continue to cement my legacy. His legacy is cemented as one of the best tight ends uh, to ever play the game. Alvin Kamara, the reports are, is likely going to get a six-game suspension. Dennis, what does this mean for Kamara and the Saints? Uh, and, and honestly your fantasy teams, if you have them on a dynasty roster this year,
2: um, it means that, uh, in best ball, definitely drafting, uh, Mark Ingram late was a good move. Now I, I, I don't know. I don't six games seems a little bit excessive. I felt like two to three games, maybe it's six and, and uh, appeal down to three or something. You know, you shouldn't be walking around punching people, but I, as far as, you know, he's going to be, when he comes back, he's going to be a points-per-game stud. He is Abram Smith, Mark Ingram, Dwayne Washington, Ty Montgomery. Um, none of those guys are going to take his role. Uh, not even Taysom Smith will take his role um, Though after the first six weeks are over. I think all of those guys will fill that role to a degree at some point over the first six weeks, if that's what he's suspended. Um, but heck, honestly, missing six games might actually be good for him at this stage of his career.
3: Yeah, I don't think it affects my <clears throat> thinking for Dynasty for redraft. I think it drops him to a low end. RB two, um, just because missing those six games, he'll have production when he comes back. Um, the one that if I'm going to get somebody, it's it's I think it's Mark Ingram because we've seen Ingram uh, do well in that system, especially in short bursts. And if all they need is is a few games there at the beginning before Kamara comes back, that's that's who I would go get. But I have. Questions about the New Orleans offense in general. What's Taysom Hill or what's uh, James Winston going to look like coming back? What is their tight end situation? Because now there's talk that Taysom Hill is actually going to be their tight end. What do we expect from those receivers? That offense could be a work in progress in the first quarter of the season, anyway.
2: I mean, how shitty did Cole commit, or not Cole commit, uh Troutman do if they're now saying, "Hey, Taysom Hill is going to be our tight end"?
3: But that's I, the thing, Troutman has done nothing uh, in two years.
0: I, I don't even know that it's that. I think it's just he. They've he's got that contract. They can't get rid of him, so they've got to move him somewhere. I mean, that he's a good blocker.
3: He's a good rusher. Yeah. He can catch the ball. I mean,
0: I think he's going to be. Using I think
3: like like Troutman move. plays, but they yeah. maybe just didn't get what they thought um, they might get out of him.
0: I still think Troutman's going to be the starting tight end. I think I think they're going to use Hill's more like an H back tight end. I I don't think he's going to be your traditional tight end. Again, they're kind of saddled with that contract for what whether it was just they were best friends or Taysom Hill had something on Sean Payton. I don't know what it was, but he got a lot of money for for not really doing a lot. So and they're kind of saddled with that contract. Uh, I actually would be surprised if Kamara's um. Suspension is upheld. There's a lot of rumors going around that there's a video, and that is why we've seen how much that matters to the NFL. If there's a video; those those suspensions seem to be um, more more strict and uh, and honestly stick. You know, I'm, I, I it's hard to say what is right or wrong. I mean, you should not go around just beating people. Rumors are that the guy grabbed his hair first. I don't know what happened. I was not there. Uh, but I do feel like all the reports, especially with everything going on to Sean Watson, let me specify, is a completely different situation. It has nothing to do with the two outside of, of Kamara doing something to get suspended. There's been a lot of reports that there's a lot of pressure on Roger Goodell to get these things right. And I really think he's going to start coming in with a heavier kind of iron fist kind of ruling to make sure that it looks like he is back to the no fun league as it was when he first took over and he was dropping in these very long suspensions that a lot of people did not like and he ruled with an iron fist we might be getting back to that so i would not be surprised if we do see kamara out for six games for dynasty i mean that does matter that's almost half the season now at this point i don't know when the saints bye week is so i don't know if you were if you're getting that within the suspension but
3: it's usually for games suspension for games. Okay. So even
0: if it even so if their buy
3: is early in the season, to miss six another, regardless. So yeah,
0: um, you know I, I agree with what uh, both of you said that you got to go get Mark Ingram, and I, I still believe Abram Smith is a really good guy uh, to grab as well. Very late in startups, and I mean I just got him I think in the fifth round of two of my rookie drafts. So he is not a guy going early that I think could could step up here with Kamara possibly being out for almost half of the season. Speaking of players looking at discipline, Deshaun Watson settles 20 of his 24 um, lawsuits. The discipline hearing begins Tuesday. I've said it to multiple people. I really think we're going to find out about this on Friday this week. Uh, The NFL just has a history of news dumping these big suspensions right before a holiday weekend where everybody is going to be busy doing stuff. We've got a four-day weekend coming or three-day weekend coming up. Um, with uh, the fourth being on Monday. Matt, what do you think we're looking at here? I mean, a lot of the reports are saying he will be suspended indefinitely or at least one full season.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a suspension similar to Calvin Ridley where you get uh, Calvin Ridley, a lot of people forget, was indefinite at least for one full season. It's possible he's not eligible to come back at the beginning of next year either, depending on how things go. And I think it's going to be the same thing for Watson, which means we're probably tracking toward the Jacoby Brissett six-win season in Cleveland.
2: Yeah, Watson, I, I think that, that I agree with you. They're going to place it as indefinite, so they have the option of not letting him come back after this season, uh, depending on what other things they may, may find out or how he behaves. And now one of the people has also filed suit against the Texans related to the Watson case, stating that they helped arrange, um, the interactions. Um, and so it's, it's getting, it's not getting better. It's getting uh, it's going off the rails and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at this point as it kind of picks up steam, uh, especially in this climate that it ends up being more than a season. Um,
3: That article from The New York Times was pretty damning too, where you're talking about a timeline that includes him continuing this last fall after. People already knew about this, and it was already a situation. That's. It's hard to say that you're contrite when that kind of a timeline comes out. Yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, it feels like he
2: watched some mas- massage porn, and it became kind of his fetish, and he, it, it that was his his go to, and nobody uh, sat him down and said, "Look, that's not how real life actually works." That stuff is all staged. You can't just do that.
3: Uh, do you guys think that Cleveland knew many of these like I'm not surprised the Texans are getting sued because the the pretty damning part of that was something like after his first month, they started putting NDAs in his locker and told him to take him wherever he went and make everyone he met with sign it, which kind of an indication the Texans must have realized they had a problem.
0: I do. I mean, they met with him twice before they offered that contract. I think they thought it was going to blow over. I really do. Uh, no, Knowing Haslam, the, the, or at least I don't know him on a personal level, but the things I've read about Jimmy Haslam and, and the way he handles his business outside of the Cleveland Browns and everything, I have no doubt in my mind that he probably thought this was all just going to blow over and be fine. Um, I think they've expected it to be at least a year. That's why they structured his contract the way that they did. He, he makes absolutely no money this year. Um, I, I honestly think that they believe, and I may have even said this on this podcast. I honestly think they believe that he's going to be suspended for a year. He'll be fine to play next year. And as long as he wins a Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns at the end of the day, it won't matter. Like, I, I honestly think that's what they believe. I don't believe that, but I think that's what they believe. And, and, I will also say that I think there's a certain contingent of Browns fans that that is 100% true. If he brings them just one Super Bowl, I it, I don't think it's unfair to say there's a lot of people in Cleveland or Browns fans around the world, even NFL fans, that will not care about what's going on. They'll be like, hey, he won a Super Bowl. He did his job. I, I know not everybody will feel that way. I won't. Um, but that is something that will happen. I, I, don't, I am very torn on – because I do – such a weird conversation to have. I do believe everybody deserves a second chance, but I also feel like Dennis, you mentioned him or Matt, you said him not being contrite. If you've listened to the dude talk for two minutes, he doesn't feel like he's done anything wrong. So, what is he going to feel contrite about? Like, he doesn't think he's done anything wrong. He said that in what was that, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, when he was stupidly took the podium and talked and then said, I've I've stated all along, I've done nothing wrong, the truth will come out. I'm like, the truth's probably already come out. Like, maybe it's not 100%. Maybe it is somewhere in the middle, as they say, between what he's saying and what we're hearing from 24-plus other women, which I don't feel like all just got together and was like, hey, let's make up a story about Deshaun Watson here to get paid. I really don't think that's happening. So I, it's just he clearly believes he's done nothing wrong, so I don't know why he would feel contrite about anything. Cause he just is that no easy transition to the greatest quarterback that's ever played in Cleveland. And the guy that, that absolutely got screwed by this whole situation, Baker Mayfield. Uh, it seems now that rumors are heating up. He might be heading to Seattle, Matt, which team do you think is a better fit for him? Is it Seattle or Carolina? And if he does go to Seattle, what does this mean for his fantasy value?
3: Yeah. Um, if I'm him, I'm going to Seattle because I think Carolina uh, as a as a team in general is a dumpster fire. Um, I think in Seattle, he, to me, he's probably still a low end QB two, um, but I think it'll be much happier for people that roster DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, or Noah Fant probably uh, will help a little bit. I think Seattle is still going to struggle, and especially in that NFC West, um, no matter what they do but they have a better core um, around them and probably a more stable franchise. I, I think this is it for Matt Rule. I would not be too pumped to go to Carolina, especially as I think you mentioned before, like Robbie Anderson already taking shots at, at Baker Mayfield. Why do you want to go there?
2: Yeah, I agree that Seattle at this point seems to be the more stable franchise. But I don't know that Pete Carroll has that much longer left on the bench than Matt Rule. I mean, isn't Carroll the oldest coach in the league right now? I mean, he's... Yeah,
3: you know, I think he's up there, but he yeah, is, I but still think if he him, goes... They chose yeah. him
0: over Russell Wilson. I don't think and, he's going anywhere.
3: And if he goes, I think it'll be his decision.
0: Yeah, I just think...
2: I. But that's just it. I feel like that the... That, the, that he could make that decision too, not just the, the Seahawks. You know, I think if they struggle again this year. Now, I, I agree with you, Matt. I don't think that it matters what team he goes to when it comes to Baker Mayfield's fantasy uh, potential. He's a low-end QB too. I think we've seen that. Um, he's not a quarterback that can elevate the receivers around him. He can put up okay numbers when he has talent. And, you know, both teams have some talent, but I think the, the interior of both teams uh, in Seattle and Carolina, both of them need offensive line help. And that's really – if Baker's going to be more than a low-end QB2, he needs to be on a team that has a top five offensive line so that he has time and doesn't feel like he has to do – too much because that's where he struggles when he has to do too much. Um, I I guess I I like Seattle as the better fit just because the they potentially could have you know two to three years of Pete Carroll versus starting over with a new regime uh, at some point this year and the ownership in Seattle does seem to be a little more stable uh, than David Tepper there in Carolina.
0: I just want him out of Cleveland, for the for for Baker's sake. Let him continue on with his career. Uh, I don't think either. Sp- there's there's ups and downs for both of them, right? Like Carolina, you're right with the coaching staff. I think there's a lot more. You know, uh, it, it's a lot scarier, I guess, there because Rule likely isn't going to be there much longer, and Baker could be gone after that and be a free agent. The good news on the Seattle side is they've already said that if they do get him, they're likely going to extend him. Then do you want to be stuck in Seattle with a bad offensive line and a run first slash defense minded head coach, I, I think there's there's plus and minuses for both sides uh, of the teams here. Wherever he goes, though, I just uh, you know, I think uh, for his sake, for Cleveland, for everybody, it's just they they need to get him out of there so everybody can kind of move on and we can move on to the Jacoby Brissett future of the Cleveland Browns because that's what it's going to be. All right, let, let's talk about some actual fun teams here, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they will be the teams that we kick off our team that of great. series score. Yeah, they are fun teams. Oh, this whole division is going to be a lot of fun, I think. So the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the division last year in the AFC Wish in the not the Wish, the AFC West, finished with a tw- in 2021 with a twelve and five record and lost in the AFC Championship game. Their key departures were Tyree Kill, who goes to the Dolphins, Darrell Williams to the Cardinals, and Tyron Matthew, who signs with the Saints. Their key additions, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Ronald Jones, and that is and uh, their key rookie was Sky Moore. Ha- tie end fantasy finishes, Patrick Mahomes finishes QB4, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, RB46, and Travis Kelsey tight end two. Right now, their over-unders are sitting at 10.5 wins. I'm going to take the over on that. Matt Dennis, what are you guys doing?
2: I I think it's a great number because their defense is a little bit better and the offense, you know, they're not strong at running back. I mean, I just saw somebody gleefully pick up uh, or or gleefully pick um, Jarek McKinnon in a rookie slash free agent draft in the fifth round, and like. I'm like, well, I don't know why you're picking up McKinnon. He's not doing anything in Kansas City, even with Jones and uh, uh, CEH not being great in front of him. Um, and then the wide receiver, there's so many questions there. It, it really falls on Sky Moore has to elevate his game really quick because I believe we know what the other guys are. We know what Juju is. We know what MBS is. Uh, and Travis Kelsey's, 31, 32 years old, we know what he is. He's he's phenomenal, but he's coming to the end of the line uh, in the next couple years. So it means Mahomes has to pick the team up. If they win 11 games or 12 games, it's because Mahomes wills them to. Uh, I'm going to take the over, but I think they just squeak it.
3: Yeah, I'm taking the slight over. I think they win 11 games and make the playoffs.
0: All right, so let's talk about their backfield. Uh, They added Ronald Jones here. Dennis just mentioned having uh, brought back Jarek McKinnon as well. We've got Ronald Jones sitting here right now. Currently is RB46 in – this is Sleeper's ADP, is that correct? Yes. All
2: right,
0: and Sleeper's ADP – um uh one thirty-nine point four off the board here for Ronald Jones. They obviously have Clyde Edwards Hilaire still there. RB 28 off the board, ADP of 85.5. Uh, they, as I just mentioned, kept uh Jarek McKinnon. They also brought in rookies Isaiah Pacheco and Jerry on Ely. Matt, what are you doing right now um in redraft and well, let's ch- attack it from redraft first for redraft in uh the Chiefs backfield.
3: Yeah, for rejects, I probably don't want either of them. But based on the ADP, I kind of like Ronald Jones value better. I think they're both going to end up pretty close together in their contributions. We saw Darrell Williams in a complimentary role, uh, produce quite a bit. Um, he did a lot of his as a pass catcher, which is obviously not Ronald Jones' specialty. I think maybe you see CEH catching more passes similar to what he did in the first year, but probably using Ronald Jones as a pounder uh, on first and second down, probably in the red zone area because that's an area notably that CEH has struggled. So I, th- I think they both probably end up you know between RB30 and 40, in which case Ronald Jones is – by far a better redraft value, but I'm not really bullish on either of them.
2: Yeah, I, you know, the the struggle I have with Ronald Jones, I want to to buy into him at that value, you know, at one, 140, basically, ADP, that's what? That's, what, 12th round? I, I want to buy in, but to buy in, you have to believe that they're up and that they're running the ball. And I think we've seen enough of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes that they often don't run the ball even when they have a lead. They still pass the ball because that's what's available to them. That's what their offense does. And so I get nervous about Jones there. Um, I do agree with you. Jones is gonna have the opportunity to be the goal line back. Um, You know, I I saw a tweet today and I wish I could remember who it was. Basically uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had four goal line attempts in his first game and has had six attempts since uh, he didn't convert any of those four. And so now the chiefs are quite reluctant to give it to him at the goal line. They just at five, eight and two Oh eight, they don't think he can get it in. And he's kind of showed that he can't. Um, but if Edwards Hilaire kind of has a, Steps into a Alvin Kamara-esque pass-catching role, then it's a completely different, completely different game. There, if he catches eighty balls this year, um, it could be it, it could make that uh, RB twenty-eight look. It could make us all look super, super silly. And I just don't know if I can buy into that either. But with that wide receiver core, a bunch of guys that Mahomes is going to have to get used to and Nicole Hardman, it's – man, it's so confusing. I, I want to, I, but I think I'm going to – I think if I have to, to pick, I'm going to go with uh, with Edward Dallaire going at pick 85. That's what, round eight, round seven. Usually by then I've got a couple, three running backs, and I'm taking somebody that I have more confidence in. So I guess Jones is the value.
0: Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoff in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win, or lose. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code T-P-P-N, that is T-P-P-N. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code T-P-P-N at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That is 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit... Hashtag ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP, 7867 in Los Angeles, or 8778-HOPE, New York. Text HOPE NY or 467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon or call and text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Or one eight 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 five three two three five zero zero in Virginia. Twenty one and up, eighteen and up in Wyoming, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Los Angeles, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Yeah, I, I would take Jones. If I had to go one or one or the other here, I just feel like th- they would not continue to bring in running backs every single year if they believed in Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I think they realized that maybe that was not a great pick there in the first round. I I know that um there was an interview given by Andy Reid where they talked about him. I think they they've compared him to Brian Westbrook, but they thought he was better. I just, it's not working out. But we just we need to be honest, and I think they realize that as well. You're not bringing in Ronald Jones, bringing back Jerick McKinnon, br- drafting two rookies, or drafting one, bringing in the other one, and undrafted free agent. I can't remember how exactly both of those guys got there, but they're there. Uh, and a lot of that is just because I think they they just clearly don't believe in CH being that guy. Uh, Ronald Jones, you know it has shown flashes, uh, was never really, in my opinion, allowed to kind of be the guy in Tampa Bay. If they really give him the chance to to be the guy, maybe he is good. At that point, I think his price, that's kind of baked in to that as well, being RB 46 off the board. I think there's a shot he could be better than that. So he he's the guy that I would take the shot on there. Uh, moving um, to the dynasty part of this, would you be willing to buy either one of them let's just go contender i think it's fair to say if you're rebuilding you don't want anything to do with ronald jones or ceh at this point dennis uh but if you're a contender what are you willing to pay to get ronald jones or or ceh for that matter
2: if i'm paying to get ronald jones or ceh am i really a contender
0: i mean i i think think so it it, running back depth is not a bad thing to have if you're a contender I, i
2: i get it i get it i mean I feel like Jones has a pretty low ceiling and an even lower floor. CEH, you know, in a, in PPR leagues, there could be a floor there. If I'm a contender in dynasty. Well, first off, I don't think I want to trade for either one of them until in season, until I have some idea what's going on with that team. And then Likely the guy I'm going to want to trade for is going to be CEH just because I think his opportunity share is going to be higher. I think they split the carries 65-35 and they split the pass attempts 80-20.
3: In Dynasty, I don't really want either of them, which is weird because the Chiefs are a good offense ronald jones is on a one-year deal The best you're hoping is that it works out for him the way it did with james Conner in arizona and i don't feel like when people went and got james Conner, it was because they knew he was going to win the league he ends up being kind of a league winner or keeping you in there uh and then ends up being a great asset moving forward but that's the best case scenario for ronald jones and i just don't think the chiefs run enough and ceh just gonna be an interesting year for him. I wouldn't be surprised if they decline his fifth year option and just ride out four years and, and see what they've got, kind of like what happened with Rashad Penny in Seattle.
0: And Josh Jacobs in and, and the Raiders, who we'll talk about here in a Josh minute. Josh Jacobs I, is
3: arguably but much more productive yeah. and didn't oh. get the fifth year option
0: the lowest fantasy scoring year he's had in points per game is RB 15. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire has not really come close to the hat. So, uh, yeah, I, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I, I would probably throw like a early third, if possible at Ronald Jones and see if I get him. You might have to pay a second for him, but again, I think running back depth, if you're a contender is key and, I do think he can outproduce his RB46 value. So let's talk about the wide receivers, though. They lose Tyree Kill, um, a big explosive part of that offense. As uh, I mentioned earlier, they brought in Jason <coughs> who is sitting right now as wide receiver 39 with an ADP of 106.6. And they bring in Marquez Valdez Scantling, wide receiver 73, with an ADP of 158.8. They obviously still have. Um, Players like Mecole Hardman, who is yet to really kind of break out. They also brought in Corey Coleman. They've got Justin Watson, Justin Ross, Cornell Powell, Aaron Parker, Gary Jennings, Omar Bayless. I mean, it's Josh Gordon came back. They've got just like a litany of guys. Matt, which of these wide receivers in Dynasty are you willing to buy, if any? And who are you expecting to be the best wide receiver for the Chiefs this year in uh, fantasy?
3: Yeah, so the best wide receiver in fantasy, I think, for the Chiefs this year will end up being Juju Smith-Schuster. And he, if I was going to bet on one of these veterans, like a Ronald Jones or him or somebody else who came there who's going to have that James Conner-type season, I think it's going to be him. I think he'll end up getting a long-term deal either with them or somebody else. I'm still <coughs> not out on him in Dynasty. He's currently sitting as wide receiver 39 coming off the board in the redraft. I think he'll finish a little bit higher. I don't think he'll be incredible but i think he'll be a high end wide receiver 3 um mvs i kind of feel like he is what he is but if we're looking at dynasty i liked uh, sky more uh, as a pick the my only hesitation is where i've seen him go in rookie drafts has gotten steadily higher and higher we've kind of fallen into that uh chiefs chief syndrome um you know if i if i could get him at the end of the first round in rookie drafts or in the second round i'd feel good but i've seen him go as high as one Oh two. And that's, that's too, too high for me.
0: And I should mention, I forgot on, on Sky Moore in his startup ADP is coming off the board as wide receiver 32. So the highest of all the wide receivers for the chiefs with yeah. an ADP of
3: 87.6. A player we love that went to an offense that we expect to be good.
0: Yeah, it's,
2: I mean, we're looking for a deontay johnson kind of breakout rookie year from sky moore i think somebody that's just burst onto the scene yeah small school okay but he's gonna step in he's got a great quarterback that's gonna get the ball but i feel like he's got to earn the trust of mahomes he's got to earn the trust of andy reed um Valdez Gantling going at almost pick 160, I think is really, really nice value. But coming off the board in redrafts at wide receiver 73, that's that seems so cheap. But I, I feel like we know what we're going to get with him. And it's going to be a lot of that deep ball, maybe, maybe a few more touchdowns than we, we kind of thought. I could see Valdez Cantling putting up 900 yards and you know 45 catches or something. Um Juju I'm, I I got to be honest, I as much as I want to to buy back in, I feel like there's more trouble with that knee than is let on and it's sapped a lot of the things that made him good in the slot and I don't know if he's going to be able to bounce back and be a Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen, type of receiver on a consistent basis, and so at wide receiver thirty nine, I'm probably going to wait and take MVS uh, later, um, or even Sky Moore later than um, uh, uh, Juju. I, I just I, I think I'm out on Juju at that price.
0: Yeah, I think I am too. Like when I'm looking at the ADP for a startup here in Dynasty, I mean, they're going seven picks apart. I know we haven't seen it from Sky Moore, but I think I'd rather just take Sky Moore at this point and bet on the upside because I think we've just seen it, especially with these wide receivers over the past couple years. And if he just goes out there and does something, he'll hold his value. And he's already mad, as you just mentioned, at some rookie drafts going at one, two, his value is so high right now as it is that if if you don't see enough out of him this year, I still think you'll be able to sell him for $0.80, $0.90 on the dollar and and get back decent value for him, even if he only goes out there and does like five or 600 yards a season because everybody's like, oh, well, he's a rookie. He's trying to get integrated into the system where – juju i just i don't know what's going on with him it is very his contract is very incentive based which does make me worry as dennis mentioned about the possible knee injury being worse than maybe we think again those nfl teams get a lot more looks at the medicals and all the stuff than we get and juju's not going to come out and say anything publicly so i wonder if maybe that injury is a little bit worse than we think it is right now i would say If I had to have a veteran on the roster, I would bet on Juju because I think that he will work well in that offense with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'd really only take a shot on MBS if it's best ball because I just don't know what I just would not feel comfortable starting him every single week because I agree with Dennis. He may end up with 900 yards, but most of that may come in like five games and I'm not going to know what five games it is going to be that I need to start him or whatever, because it's just, he's, he, we, we know that he can flash and have those, you know, four catches for 150 yards and three touchdowns. And then he can get you two catches for 15 and nothing. I don't know what games to start him. So, for me, MVS is like the perfect best ball target, especially going that late because you could get those massive games for him. And he's going to be put in your lineup when when he is really good. Travis Kelsey, I mean, there's really not much to talk about with Kelsey. We know he's going to be likely a top three tight end. He is currently coming off the board as tight end one with an ADP of 17, three picks ahead of Mark Andrews, who many are saying uh, could also – be possibly tight end one this year. I mean, I, I just don't think there's any way that Kelsey doesn't smash this year. Um, especially with Tyreek Hill being gone. Um are either one of you worried at all about Travis Kelsey?
2: Nope. I think Kelsey is gonna have a a bounce back. My I I think I so I don't think Andrews is going to repeat as the tight end one. I do feel like he's gonna have another phenomenal season. Uh, but I do think Kelsey is going to get uh, just inundated with volume. If somebody is gonna finish as the tight end, one that's not one of those two, I think it's gonna be Kyle Pitts. But I have no issue with it. Even in Dynasty right now, I think if you're trying to shore up your tight end position because you're you're right there and you you you're gonna make a, a run for a title. I don't have any issue going out and getting Travis Kelsey and even paying up for him a little bit. He is the the he's been the best in the business for a long time. So go get you a winner.
3: Yeah, I mean, you have to pay up for Kelsey, but he's probably going to be in for another good season.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we can save this more for Baltimore, but I do agree. I, I am not as high on – I do not think Andrews has a shot at as uh, finishing his tight end one again this year. Uh, you go look at how hyper-targeted he was and the amount of yards and touchdowns he put up in the back half of the season with Tyler Huntley last year is why he jumped up to tight end one. He was on pace to finish right around tight end three, four, five uh, last year, and I think that continues with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is cor- currently QB4 right now. He is an ADP of 3.5, QB2 off the board. Uh, I mean, just an absolute stud. I think he's probably 2-3 this year, redraft dynasty re- dynasty leagues. Uh, I mean, I think Herbert's probably the only one that has a case to possibly jump him at the moment. I think it's him, Mahomes, and Allen as a top three. Uh, do either one of you have him lower than that? I do. No. okay. Why do you have him at five?
3: For redraft? <clears throat> Just because I'm not sure Kansas City's pass offense is going to be quite as efficient. He was QB four last year, and that was that was with Hill. Um, I have Allen, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Burrow all over him. I don't think I could
2: make a strong case for Burrow being over him, but I, I, I think I could for Lamar. Just for fun, do you guys know where Baltimore finished when it comes to number of pass attempts? Like where did they rank in number of pass attempts last season? First, second, 20th?
0: I'm pretty second. sure they were toward the bottom, but I could be wrong there.
3: I think they came up a lot. We You asked this before I looked yeah, it up. They, they were ninth
0: last yeah. year
2: in pass attempts. So I don't know if I don't know how much of that is because of Tyler Huntley, Um, and I don't know off the top of my head I I can't quantify how it might come down with losing um, uh, Marquise Brown, but you know that's a that's a that's significantly more significantly higher ranking than I think we we feel the Ravens do the Ravens pass.
3: But it could also be because they had um, pretty much us running running the ball for them after every running back they owned seemed to like tyranny.
0: Running backs were not great last year. All right, so and we all took the slight over on the Kansas City Chiefs again, the ten and a half wins. All right, so let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders, who did squeak into the playoffs last year. They finished with a ten and seven record and lost in the wild card round. Their key departures: Marcus Mariota goes over to the Atlanta Falcons, as does Brian Edwards in a trade. Or it was it was a trade, correct? I'm not. Re- okay. Yep. And Zay Jones goes to the Jaguars. Their key additions: they got a new head coach in Josh McDaniels. They traded for the top wide receiver in fantasy over the past couple of years, Devonte Adams. They add Keelan Cole, Demarcus Robinson, um, and they also add Chandler Jones on the defensive side of things. Uh, Their key additions in the draft were Zamir White in the fourth round. All right. What, Matt, we're going to go to you first because I know you are Josh McDaniel's biggest fan. What are you expecting from the Josh McDaniel's era in Las Vegas?
3: Well, um, I think their passing game's going to still be pretty good. They have good weapons. Um, Not picking up the fifth-year option for Josh Jacobs would seem to be in line with. If you watch the the running game for New England through the years, it's been more of a running back by committee. They have Jacobs. They have White. They still have Kenyon Drake, who was a a signing last year, some other guys. So I think they'll – They'll probably change some of the identity from what the Raiders were last year where it seemed like they wanted to pound you a lot with the ball early on uh, and then throw it deep. That hasn't typically been how the Patriots have played offense, and I think with a a good possession receiver in Hunter Renfro and a good overall receiver in Devontae Adams plus a big weapon at tight end in Waller, you're going to see – a little bit more of that kind of style offense. The Patriots often threw, uh, did short passes for the running game. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually see Kenyon Drake a little bit more because once upon a time he was viewed as, as a somewhat decent uh, receiver. Um, but I'm, Not as bullish on the Raiders as many people. I'm not a huge fan of uh, Josh McDaniels. I guess we'll have to see um, what he did, but I was not uh, impressed by that move. I really wish they would have given Rich Bisaccia a chance. Um, I thought what he did coming in, taking over a team that not only fired a coach midseason, but had a bunch of weird player stuff, including all that happened with Henry Ruggs and being able to pull them Together and find offense, even with you know, Waller missing some games with injury and make the playoffs was very impressive to me. I think it's a real shame um, that he didn't get a chance to follow up on that.
2: Yeah, I, I agree on the Basatcha point. I, I feel like he kind of got the shaft. I mean, there's is there really any hope in Las Vegas after they moved on from Brian Edwards and Zay Jones? I mean it's going to be tough to <laughs> overcome that. <laughs> you know, I I don't know, it, I'm not sure that Kenyon Drake actually makes it. Uh, you know, he's got an 8 million dollar cap hit if they let him go. But if if they feel like some of the other guys are going to step into to roles and play prominent roles, I could see them moving on from Kenyon Drake to let you know Zamir White become the thumper and and maybe Josh Jacobs to be the one B running back and do do some pass catching because he's pretty adept at that. Um, you know they passed a lot. They were seventh in pass attempts last year, uh, and we've seen with uh, New England. That they're not opposed to being lopsided when it comes to how they run their offense, and so with Devonte Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, it would not surprise me one bit if the Raiders are top five, maybe even top three in pass attempts this season. Uh, that you know they don't have a, a ton of stuff beyond those three guys, but. Adams getting 175 targets and Renfro get, and Waller getting 130, 140 isn't out of the question for this Raiders team. Uh, that ends up being uh, really good for Derek Carr managers. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's tough to watch Josh Jacobs be so perennially disrespected uh, when he just kind of keeps going out there and producing numbers and talking a good game when it comes to being a good teammate, not being a Jacobs. Isn't afraid to let other people carry the ball and then do well when he carries it. So.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know what to think of McDaniels. Like I'm, I'm very intrigued by the hire. I agree uh, with both of you guys said about rich uh, and not even, you know, Matt, you just mentioned what happened with Henry rugs and everything, but also, what happened with John Gruden midseason and why they had to fire him. Like it was a really weird season for the Raiders in their first, you know, real season there having fans in the stands and everything. It looked like they were going to completely implode and he was able to turn around and get them into the playoffs. I agree. Probably should have gotten at least a year to see if that happens. I mean, we do associate um, many people in the NFL and fantasy circles associate Josh McDaniels with a good offense with what he's able to do for the most part in, New England, but he failed miserably as a Denver Broncos head coach for the most part. And, and, and does he bring that with him? Did he learn anything? That's, I think the only thing we can hope at this point point in getting his second chance here as a head coach with the Raiders. Um, I don't know what to think about it. So for me, I'm just kind of targeting those high end guys and expecting them to continue to do what they do. Speaking of the high end guys, let's let's start really quick at the running back position. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option was not picked up. He is currently coming off the board as RB21 with an ADP of 58.5. And then you've got Samir White, the rookie, who many kind of see almost as like a Josh Jacobs clone. He's coming off the board at RB47, ADP of 201.4. So, I mean, almost 150 picks behind Josh Jacobs. Matt, if you're in a startup draft, I've probably been one of the ardent guys against Josh Jacobs. I've continuously said I do not think he's that good. As I mentioned earlier, his lowest score in points per game has been RB 15 in his 4-year career. Now, this will be his or sorry, his 3 years. This will be his 4th year. No, 5th year. Yeah, this is his 4th year. year. No,
3: fourth this season. is his 4th okay. year. His 4th They season. declined his 5th year yeah. option.
0: So, for 3 seasons, I believe it was 12, 15 and 13 in points per game as an RB. In fantasy. So that's pretty damn good for someone who is, has completely said many times that he's not that good. He's clearly showed me that that is not true. He is good. Would you be willing to back him up with Zamir White in a startup draft?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess they, they took White there in the fourth round. I'm I'm not reaching real high on White. I think Jacobs, even if he doesn't go back to the Raiders, is going to go somewhere because he's been productive. And I actually think in redraft, uh, where he's going, RB21 feels about right for this season. I think the Raiders are still going to lean on him and, and run him out. I just don't know if he fits what It's interesting that Zamir White is considered to be a Josh Jacobs clone because I was wondering if part of the reason they didn't do a fifth-year option for Jacobs is he doesn't exactly fit the mold of what McDaniels has typically tried to do with his backfield. Um, so I also wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders go get a running back or draft more running backs and Zamir White really never turns into anything. I don't think it was an incredible... Um, you know, investment and that McDaniel system, whether it's been in Denver or whether, it, whether it's been in New England, hasn't really been about um, building into a running back. Running back is a more fungible position in that system.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not going to – I mean, if I'm taking Zamir White, it's because I took Josh Jacobs and I decided I wanted to handcuff him. I don't think is, Jacobs is healthy – I don't think Zamir White has standalone value. Uh, his only value, I think, is as a handcuff. I think, you know, despite the chance that Kenyon Drake might not be there, I mean, they've got uh, Brandon Bolden, they've got uh, Amir Abdullah, all great comp committee pieces uh, there. And and yes, White could be. Uh, one of those as well. But I, I don't think White is, you know, he can do some of what Jacobs does, which is, you know, gain tough yards and run the ball. Well, I don't think Zamir White is, is, is near the receiver that Josh Jacobs is. Um, but at that value going that late, it's, it's kind of, it, it, it comes down to the handcuff strategy you know, there's the other people's handcuffs, there's handcuff your own backs, uh, but I don't think Zamir White is anything more than a handcuff.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you guys on that. I would be willing to take a bet on Jacobs, especially that late, considering he's continually produces a high end RB two, and he's going as a low end RB two in drafts. Um, and I do agree with what Matt said. Like, I think he's been so productive that if the Raiders don't bring him back, he'll land somewhere, and I think still be productive. You know, I, I don't think I. It, it really depends on how the draft's going. I mean, that's around sixteen at that point. Like, maybe I'll take a shot on Zamir White. He had one. Decent season with Georgia, and that was this past year. He's had two ACL injuries. You know, Kenyon Drake, I just went and looked it up. I mean, he's going off the board right now as RB 55 um, in – uh, sleeper leagues. I couldn't find exactly what his ADP is. I'm probably looking at the wrong spot here, but uh, coming off the border, maybe I'm looking at 225 overall. Like problem is he wasn't even able to make it back to June mini camp with the broken ankle that he had in December. So I, I don't even know if betting on him. I know Dennis mentioned it earlier. He may not even make the team. I, I do think that's a realistic possibility um, for the wide receivers here. We know that they brought in Devonte Adams. He is currently still, Valued very highly, which I think is is fair. Wide receiver 7, ADP of 23.7. You've got Hunter Renfro, who was a top-12 asset last year. Wide receiver 41, ADP of 97.8. Um, then you've got Keelan Cole and Demarcus Robinson, as well as, uh, again, kind of like what we talked about with the Chiefs, just kind of like a litany of other wide receivers here, probably that don't mean anything in Tyron Johnson, Mac Hollins, D- Dylan stoner uh, or is it? Yeah, it is Dylan stoner. Okay. Um, Dennis, where, where are you going with these wide receivers? Or are you still betting on Devonte Adams? And if so, what do you expect his impact to be this year for the Raiders?
2: Well, there's a reason you're looking at the sheet and not seeing any ADP for those wide receivers is because they didn't show up on sleepers ADP because they're going that late. Um, I like Adams. You know, he, his redraft ADP is at uh, twenty pick twenty four wide receiver seven. I don't think I've seen him go late second round. That that feels that feels a little bit late, but apparently uh, that's where some people are picking him. Uh, his and his uh, dynasty ADP is four picks after that, so. I mean, I get it. He's almost thirty. Um, but I feel like, man, he's got what he does and and how he plays, I, I just feel like he brings so much to the game and he's gonna get the volume over the next two to three years. He's definitely a high draft pick. Yeah, you know, I guess twenty-four isn't terrible, but I could see taking him, you know, six to eight picks. Sooner than that, uh, he's going to produce. And so, unless you're you're somebody who who just doesn't think Derek Carr can produce a high end receiver, uh, re- regardless of how good a buddy he is with Devontae Adams, then I don't think you take him there. But I'm okay taking if I'm trying to build a team and I want to win now. I'm okay taking Devontae Adams at the end of the second round.
3: Yeah, so despite all the problems they had last year, Derek Carr was QB 13 and Hunter Renfro was wide receiver 10. It's a matter of people not looking at the personnel and looking at the coach. If you pulled up the 2007 New England Patriots offense, the last time that Josh McDaniels had a wide receiver one, the caliber of Devontae Adams when he had Randy Moss, and also had a small White slot receiver in Wes Welker, similar to Hunter Renfro, Moss saw 160 targets and caught 98 passes and exploded. You know who saw 145 targets? Wes Welker. Hunter Renfro right now, those ADPs, is the deal of the century. People forgot that he was wide receiver 10 last year. I don't know why people think he's he's getting hurt that much by having Devontae Adams. I think those two are both going to be fine. The one that I suspect takes a slight step back is Darren Waller, who right now he's listed at tight end 5. I, when I was doing my pass, had him down in the 7 or 8 range. We already saw him start to take a back seat to Renfro in the way they were playing ball last year, where he finished his tight end 17 Carr can easily finish as a low end QB one uh, with this kind of offense. They, you know, they throw to run and before anybody goes crazy and says new England didn't have a running back in 2007, they had Lawrence Maroney back there. He got 185 carries in 13 games. He was, pounding the ball, that he was not exactly a graceful running back. That was a year where they had both a pounding kind of style running back that they have in Josh Jacobs and those two kind of receivers. Plus, they managed to find 75 targets for Dante Stallworth, 50 for Jabar Gaffney, and 49 for Ben Coates. I think there's one of those other receivers that's going to be relevant. You probably will see Waller yet in the 80 to 90 target range. And I think both those receivers are going to get a lot of targets. Their passing offense is going to be great. I may not believe in the Raiders but I believe in that
0: yeah I'm I'm all in on Adams and Renfro too I, I I don't I mean I didn't know about the stats that you just gave and I appreciate you doing that because it just helps bolster my point as well Being agreeing with you because I mean I get it Devontae Adams is going to turn 30 this year uh, his birthday is I believe December it's December something so uh, he'll turn 30 this year and many people start to fade wide receivers at that point I just don't I think his game and what he does well is not that of a speed wide receiver. He is such a great nuanced route runner that I think he can continue to age well, almost like a Larry Fitzgerald type wide receiver. I think he's going to be fine. And I'm with you on Hunter Renfro. Like that chemistry between him and Carr doesn't just go away just because Devante Adams showed up. I think that Waller is the one who takes a big step back here. I have met at tight end 10 actually in my rank, So I'm fairly close to you. I think, if I had to guess, Adams is probably a wide receiver one and and Renfro probably a, a wide receiver two, but I, I would not be surprised if he finishes right around the wide receiver 15 range. Like, I'm all in mm-hmm. on both of those guys this year, and I'm with you. The, the ADP value screams at Hunter Renfro going at wide receiver 41. Like, I, I'd be willing... You don't do it because he's going off the board at, at 97.8, but I'd be willing to take him as a like, wide receiver 20-something off the board because I still think you're getting a value there. Like It's it's insane. And I'm going to be honest. I'd be willing to take – I would take Devontae Adams as wide receiver 2 or 3 off the board. I'm not waiting until wide receiver 7. Like I get the love for Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and if you want to take both of them over Devontae, fine, but that's it. That's all I'm taking over Devonte Adams I don't care that he's about to be thirty years old the dude has been an absolute rock star since he's kind of broken out in his third year there and and I really I think he would have broken out earlier had he not gotten that injury um so Dennis you know where Matt and I stand on Darren Waller who is coming off the board at tight end five with an adp of forty five point eight where do you stand with him
2: well I think Waller is still gonna get his i I do feel like the passing game is going to be a three-headed monster. Um, but we saw last year some inconsistency creep into Waller's game. And I think I think we'll see more of that. There will be some big games. There will be some uh, Amari Cooper disappearance games. I like tight end seven. I think that's kind of where I, I feel like I have him um, in my first sort of pass at rankings is is around tight end seven. Uh, But we've seen him produce and we've seen him get open. And uh, because of his ability to be a mismatch, I I think he may present more of a deep threat than either Renfro or Adams uh, because of his ability to run and how big he is. Uh, You know, Adams, wasn't necessarily known for his deep game and neither is Renfro. So there, there is, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a uh, you know, a high water mark yards per reception yards per target for Darren Waller this year, which naturally comes with a uh, increase in inefficiency. Um, So his catch rate may come down some, but I still think he's going to produce and that tight end, like the the top tier of tight ends is probably one or two tight ends bigger than it has been in the past so it's I think it's probably 7 and I think Waller is at the end of it now
0: All right uh last but not least here for the Raiders before we talk about their over under Derek Carr he is coming off the board as QB 16 with an ADP of 35.6 uh Matt you kind of mentioned where he's finished recently and what that offense looked like. Granted, Tom Brady, when Josh McDaniels did that, but still was very productive. What are your thoughts on Derek Carr this year and moving forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, I like Carr in both formats. He obviously signs an extension. Uh, feels like that's going to be a good partnership there. I think he's a low-end QB1, high-end QB2, right about where he's been, you know, anywhere between 11 and 15.
2: Yeah, That's a a comfortable spot for him. I mean, the Raiders last year were seventh in pass attempts, sixth sixth in pass yards. Uh, What what, uh, Carr has to do is improve his touchdowns. He only threw 23 touchdowns on that volume, and that's really where I think someone like Devontae Adams helps is going to be in the touchdown. So I think Carr hits 30 touchdowns this year and because of the the increase in touchdowns i think that moves him up from the the mid to low teens into you know the somewhere between 9 and 12 probably
0: yeah i'm right there with you i think um pro- i think he's between 9 and 14 so you could possibly get that that qb1 season but high end qb2 i think especially adding devonte adams will be very interesting for this team, right? Their over-under is set at 8.5 wins. They finished with, I believe, what was it, 10 last year, right? Yeah, 10 and 7. So, Matt, you taking the over or the under on the Raiders win total?
3: I'm taking the under. I don't think they make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I I think
2: they're no better than third in their division, um, possibly even fourth. And uh, I, I think they're going to be the under the eight and a half. <sighs>
0: I feel like eight's the perfect number, so I'm gonna take the under there just because that division's just so good. I really don't know how it's gonna I think the Chargers are gonna win that division. I don't know how the rest of the division shakes out. So that that's kind of where I am with them. Speaking of the Chargers, them and the Broncos will be the two teams we talk about on Friday. It will be I'm just letting everybody know a quick episode now because your boy is wanting to get on to Stranger Things So I'll be giving some one word answers uh, Hopefully no real big news comes out between then and now uh, Everybody enjoy the next couple days As we head toward July 4th weekend And we will talk to you guys again on Friday Prepare
1: for glory I don't know if you got your popcorn ready Do you got your on ready I came like the one line already Unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, Lee! Only they tackle at the point. Who can make a play? I can Who can make a play? I can, <laughs> I can. <laughs>